Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of No One Is Listening. I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve, and with me, as always, is Jen. Jen, you want to say hi? Hello, friends. All right. Uh, so we're just going to jump right into it. Today, we're doing um, a special episode. We haven't done this before. We've done like things that are similar to this, but not quite like this. Uh, we are doing an episode for to make our case for the perfect movie. So we've each chosen a movie. Jen tasked us with each finding a movie that we think is the perfect movie. And that doesn't mean like the best movie. We're not talking about like Citizen Kane here, like an immaculate movie, but just like I, I, you know what's funny is like when you said that to me, Jen, I knew exactly what you meant, like instantaneously. A movie where it was like, I love it because it has no flaws, not because it's like the like the Mona Lisa work of art, right. or motion picture. You know what I mean? And, and a movie that's obviously then important to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we came up with like a rubric very quickly. Um, and we'll go through each of these categories and kind of like talk about the movie and stuff, right? That's kind of like the plan a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I like went through every single item on your rubric, but I have a lot to say about my movie. So I yeah, think we'll be fine. Yeah, I think we'll be fine. You know what I mean? I think like I just like in terms of our personality, I lean more rubric heavy and you're more like notes heavy. You know what I mean? So, but I think, I think we'll be fine. But I, um, I was like shocked how fast I came up with my movie. Do you want to do the reveal? You want to talk about which movie you chose and I'll talk about which, or like just say which movie you chose and then I'll yeah. reveal. Yeah. What was your perfect movie? My perfect movie is the movie that is very important to me and it is my favorite movie. It is Clueless. Wait, is Clueless your favorite movie? I mean, that's really hard to say. Like, it's like the only But you just said that. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to walk it back now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but it's one of my favorite movies, and I, if I see it, like, if it's on, I can, like, pretty much quote the whole thing, because I've watched it so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so my, and my movie is Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. I love, love that movie. And, like, this is kind of, like, a fun fact is, do you remember, like, a few weeks ago, maybe it was a few, I mean, I don't even know how time passes anymore. Like, do you remember a while ago, I had mentioned that uh, I was trying to watch that. I was trying to convince my wife to watch it. And she'd said, she'd asked me like, oh, is that movie in black and white? And then <laughs> I, do you remember when I posted that on Instagram? You yeah. may not. Oh, you do. Okay. I've never had so many people text me and just like quote lines from the movie to me. Like, so like I had people just text me with no, nothing like, hey, I saw you. Just, they would just quote me lines and then we would just do the, dialogue from the movie and it was like it was at least like half a dozen i'm not saying it's like, it was like 100 people it was like half a dozen people just like and like some people that i don't really talk to a lot you know what i mean um and so that's that i'm just saying like that's how i know this is a perfect movie <laughs> like i i know for myself but i know that that is the case for other people too you know i'm into it yeah yeah so um why don't we get into it so we've never done this before so this would be our first time so it may be like not as seamless as like the next time we do something like this but i think like you said i think we'll be fine just because we like love these movies so much i hope so and i'm like i hope that i can do justice to what i'm saying is my favorite movie so here we go here we go here we go here we go let's do it okay um 
how do you want to start this off? Which one of these? Which one of these do you want to start off in terms of like which one of these cat categories? And I'll just say them. Like well, very- actually, I was thinking maybe um, we could start by sort of introducing the movie that we picked, right? Um, so, like, really quickly, like, what is the plot? What is it about? Oh, this is going to be a doozy for Back to the Future. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, spoiler alert, just kidding, yeah. it came out. When did it come out? Like, uh, I think 1985 or yeah, 84. Okay. Let so me it's double- been like 30 years. Like, people yeah, 1985. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want me to start? Uh, actually, can I start? Yeah. Because I, I, I do. I have a pretty excited. Okay, so Back to the Future is, um, is about this high school kid, Marty McFly, who has this... Best. And I don't know, like, this seemed to be a thing in the 80s, right? Where, uh, maybe not a thing, but I, maybe I'm only thinking Back to the Future and the Karate Kid, but it's about this high school student who is friends with, like, a grandpa. Not his grandpa, but, like, an old gentleman. In, a like, random his, grandpa. Yeah, a random grandpa. Between he, They are between the ages of 50 and, like, 70. It's hard to tell, right? Um, and it's not very clear what kind of doctor this doc Emmett, Dr. Emmett Brown is, but he's some sort of doctor, right? Okay. He's a scientist, and the scientist has come up with a time machine in the form of a DeLorean, which is like a an automobile. And uh, Doc Brown, in order to fuel his time machine, has stolen plutonium from Iranian terrorists. But the terrorists find Doc Brown and Marty McFly as they're testing it for the first time. They murder Doc Brown, Marty McFly escapes accidentally by using the time machine DeLorean. He goes back 30 years. This movie set in 1985. He goes back 30 years to 1955 where he encounters his uh, mother and father when they were his age, plus his father's boss from 1985 who ended up – who actually you find out is his father's bully in 19. 19- 55 he has to then meet doc brown from 30 years prior because he's the only one that knows how this time machine works there are some hijinks there are some adventures he has to make sure he doesn't cause time paradoxes and the doc brown from 1955 must repair doc brown's from 1985's time machine to send marty back to the future which is where the movie gets its title it is very, very good. Um, so that's. I have to say, you are super impressing me with with this <laughs> plot description. <laughs> There's so much going on, and I feel like that was a very good job, Steve. And you are, I know you're not looking at like the Wikipedia page. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's fine. I mean, it's up on my screen, but I wasn't looking at it yet. <laughs> okay, so. Tell us the the plot to Clueless very quickly. Yes, I'm not going to go into details like you did, but um, also totally like if you were to do a drinking game every time I say on any episode coming of age, you would probably be super (laughs) drunk. But (laughs) surprise, surprise, Clueless is (laughs) a coming of age. um, I want to say it's a rom-com, but I don't I don't actually think it is. It's just a. It's a high school movie um, that is based on Jane Austen's Emma, the novel Emma, um, but that's set in um, modern day. And I I put that in quotes because it was in the 90s, and I guess the 90s is not so modern anymore. Um, Modern day uh, Beverly Hills, um, 
the main character, is a teenager, 16-year-old named Shara Horowitz, who is rich and beautiful, um, but she has a heart of gold, and she befriends a new student named Ty, who she wants to give a makeover, and the story sort of unravels from there, and there are lots of hijinks and um, lots of, you know, um, coming to understand yourself moments. Um, and I think that is a very, very short, simple plot of Clueless, which is the opposite of what you gave us, but whatever. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Um, I actually, like, Clueless is one of the few movies that were, like, I remember exactly where I was when I saw it for the first time. Not because, like, it impacted me so much. I was, like, a little young the first time I saw it because I didn't see it, like, in theater or whatever. Yeah, but um like I remember, see, I remember like cause my cousins and like my brother put it on TV, and I remember watching it, and it was like I guess it was like the first time I was old enough to like watch something like that with them. Like before that, you know, my my brother and my cousins were always a little older. They would watch like you know things like Nine Hundred Two and and I was busy watching like Power Rangers, and this was the first time I felt like old enough to be watching like a thing that interested both me and like people like older than me yeah you know so I, I i remember that like pretty vividly um so here are our categories and like the rubric uh we won't go into like each of them but this is more to like provide like a general loose framework that we may or may not like talk about right so mm-hmm. the first one is like rewatchability um because a perfect movie has to be rewatchable like uh, i th- i really feel like you can't say movie is like perfect. You can say movie is like great, but you can't say movie is like perfect if it's a movie you're like, you know, I can't really watch that again. Like for me, it's always like, do you disagree? Yeah. Um, and I'm trying well, to think of like. Because I, I have a very specific example, right? Okay. And you tell me what you think. Like I think of Requiem for a Dream. Like I can't oh. watch that movie twice. Wait, like, you don't I'm watch it every night before you go to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it's like. That's a it's a great movie, but it's not like perfect in the sense of like I, when I say perfect, I mean like the joy it brings me. You, you know what yeah. I mean? And it doesn't mean it has to be lighthearted. It maybe like I'm having a hard time with this because I think then maybe it should be reframed different because like when we say perfect, I feel like we could be talking about it. I mean, I want to be very clear to everybody. Like I in no way think clueless is a perfect technical movie um that should have won a best picture and all of these things that come with making like a I don't know a technically great movie I guess um but it's super important to me and it it's it's just for me like my comfort food which is why I chose it for this category that we're talking about but like I don't know like a movie like um yeah like a like a Casablanca or... Um, That's perfect in a way we are not talking about here. That's why rewatchability right. like, is... Like, I would like, want to watch know? it over and over again. Although I'm, I probably am pissing off, like, Casablanca fans here. But um, I think there could be movies that are perfect that, like, that doesn't require rewatchability. I think, like, for, like, technical feats and stuff, um, it... It, it it's you know um on the mount rushmore of the greatest movies ever um but yeah so yeah i mean i guess i'm having a little bit of a hard time like trying to like categorize perfect movies by like its rewatchability factor right. right for me it's like the way in which we are using the word perfect describing the word or using the word perfect to describe the movie i feel like rewatchability is 
an important factor. And yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also the music. There's yep. suspension of disbelief. And and suspension of disbelief is not so much like it doesn't pass like the laws of science, especially when it comes to back to future, but more in terms of like, is it like so engrossing that like I don't care if it doesn't make sense? You know what I mean? Right. Um there's tempo, which I think is like super underrated when it comes to like movies, you know? Um just like Do the you... pace of it. Okay. Yep. Um quotability, which I think is like I mean I I, I you alluded to it like already, you know, when you talk about it in that like you could probably do the dialogue for Clueless. You could just mm-hmm. like you could like speak along with it. It's almost like a sing along at that point. And then the last one is uh, plot holes, right? And so let's start let's start with you. Why don't you choose like a direction and then we'll go back and forth. Out of the rubric? Out of the rubric or your notes in general. Like we'll just go back and forth. Like you'll say a thing and then I'll I'll, you know, kind of like feed off that and then talk about Back to the Future in the same vein. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I guess, um, I mean, we, I kind of hit upon it, but like I wore out my VHS copy of Clueless because I used to watch it like almost every day for a really, really long time. And then if I ever want, if I ever see it on MTV or see it on TV while I'm flipping the channel, like I will always keep it on. And that's how important the movie is to me. And that's how rewatchable it is for me. Um, You know, I kind of wanted to combine the rewatchability with the quote, quote ability, because I think a lot of why I rewatch it is because I know exactly what's going to happen and I can like say the lines along with the characters um and um I mean there's so many great lines in Clueless like the burns are sick um <laughs> you know you're a virgin who can't drive like that's that's hurtful <laughs> um like the uh as if and whatever's and you know what's a Monet like um all of those things are so iconic and I think a lot of that lexicon like is still part of our lexicon today which I think is so interesting for a movie that like was made like 22 years ago like we celebrated it like the 20th anniversary like I think two years ago so um you know for me Clueless is so timeless but it's also so time specific and I don't know if you feel that way about um Back to the Future uh, which is, I think, a little bit harder to to make that claim because it obviously, like, shuffles back and forth literally, like, with time. Or time mm. is a huge, like, element and character in the movie itself. But um, for Clueless, it just feels so, like, you turn it on, you watch it, and it feels so 90s. But there's something about it that also just feels like if you just put in front of them smartphones and like added a little bit of a social media aspect to it, like it would totally work as something um, as to like something that you could watch and relate to today. So um, I I think it's hilarious. I think it's a funny movie, but it just, for me, it's, it's all about having characters that like, maybe not, me being able to relate to them straight away because like obviously I don't relate to like super rich high school kids um living in Beverly Hills and like driving around in their Land Rovers and um kind of wearing Calvin Klein and Aaliyah like in all of these like fancy clothes (laughs) but um but the movie treats these characters with such respect and even if their problems aren't 
tragic and world altering it 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 brings a warmth to caring about these characters and i think that's that's why i love the movie so much so um yeah i mean that's i think why i would recommend it to like a high school kid today and not feel like the need to like have to explain like oh back then this was the way it was and you know like I don't have to sort of give them like an asterisk or like a footnote before I like tell some like young kid to go watch it if that makes sense yeah yeah no it does I mean I think with clues it's one of those things where it's like it it does treat like teenagers and high school students with respect but it doesn't like put them on like a it doesn't like worship them you know it, it's it, it yeah. makes fun of them in a way where like when you were in high school you made fun of each other if that yeah. makes sense yeah you know um and i think there are like a, like a good teenage movie you know it's done well when the only thing that's dated or feels like out of place is like the technology or the clothes but not how they like not the uh interactions and not but like see, the way they in- you know what i mean Yeah, in that one, like, I'm glad you brought up the technology because I will say, so, like, the one thing that I've always dreamed about um, watching Clueless, Cher has this incredible computer software thingy that, like, (laughs) generates her outfits and, like, will tell her, like... Oh, I remember. Yeah, and I've always just been so fascinated by, like, why can't we have something like this? And cut to, like, 30 years later or 20 years later, um, it's... I think this continued now, but Amazon, um, Amazon had, uh, like, I don't know. I'm such a sucker for these things, but I now own an Amazon echo look, which is an Amazon echo. So like an Amazon, like an Alexa, um, I'm so afraid of saying, saying that name because I feel like my, my thing's going to go off, but, um, um, but my echo look literally like I take a photo of my outfit every single day and then I have this like catalog of everything I've worn so I don't really repeat outfits and I I am a thousand percent aware of how ridiculous that sounds but it's so important to me um really and it's such an offshoot of what she had 20 years ago and when I bought this thing for an exorbitant amount of money for something that like it has been discontinued already um like I just remember feeling like I like I'm I was realizing my dream of becoming Cher Horowitz so yeah the technology I mean there is no technology in Clueless but like that one little thing like I have held on to and here we are 20 some years later I finally have a thing that kind of does what like Cher's like computer did 20 years ago okay you're not gonna have to talk about that offline I have I have questions for you um what is it? Yeah, you know, in, in the same vein with, like, Back to the yeah. Future, it's be- because the time because of the time travel aspect, and so the the movie does this thing where it's like, oh, my God, look at how, like, it goes out of its way when Marty goes back to 1955 to be like, oh, my God, look at how different things were, th- like, 30 years ago. And because he spends so little time actually in 1985, you could take it, you could it, it could be any year almost like so little of the movie happens in 1955 and the comparisons it's not like oh look at that it's you know like gas is x amount of dollars cheaper it doesn't do that it doesn't do like a direct comparison and i wonder if robert zemeckis like did that intentionally so it you could watch it in in any year you know so when you go back and you do that 
I mean, possibly. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I, I think Robert Zemeckis is like, and I will actually, this is a hot take. I think this is his best movie. Like, I, 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 Forrest Gump is fine. You know what I mean? It won an Oscar, but I, I firmly believe Back to the Future is his best movie. I don't movie. actually think uh, that's a hot take because I actually don't know really? a ton of people who think Forrest Gump is like the best movie. Um, and even like when it, did it win the best picture? I feel like it did. Um, it did. It did, it it did because it beat Pulp Fiction. A, Stacked category, yes, like Pulp Fiction. There was Shawshank that year, um, and so I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's a hot take. But did he also direct the sequels? Uh, yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because you spend so little time in 1985, and because there's no direct comparisons, it's just a, a wow. Remember how the 50s were? Because that happens, you really could watch it today. And be like, wow, so that's how it was. So you compare it to, like, whatever year you're watching it, right. you know? And so because of that, it is so timeless. And it's, it's like, kind of cheating, but it's, like, that's, like, when you make a period piece, and I, I feel really bizarre calling Back to the Future a period piece. A period but, piece. <laughs> yeah. But when you have a period piece, like, that's how you make something timeless. Because it's, like, oh, you're never comparing it to, like, now. You're just... You, you just like have a telescope into a specific time yeah. and because of that you know back to the future even though it is like a pop film even though it is like um like a blockbustery film even though it is like a high school film even though it is an 80s film it can be timeless in ways that like most movies especially from the 80s like are not you know mm-hmm. um I, that's why I feel like the only two 80s movies um, that for me are like timeless and you could watch it like whenever is Back to the Future and like Ferris Bueller. You know, the I other love, ones. Yeah. Yeah. Like other movies there you could argue like I'd be totally fine if someone was like, oh, my favorite movie from the 80s is actually like Karate Kid or my favorite movie from the 80s is actually uh, Breakfast Club or 16 Candles or Pretty and like. You could say that. I'm totally fine with that. But those movies, like, when you watch it, it's like, oh, super. It's like an 80s movie for sure. You know what I mean? Whereas Ferris Bueller and Back to the Future, I feel like they don't belong to the 80s. They were just made in the 80s. And that's why I love – I think Back to the Future, like, rewatch – in terms of rewatchability is just so – it's – it it has such a – it gets really high marks for rewatchability and I think it's rewatchability is actually it's strongest suit for me. Can you quote the whole movie? I I can't quote the whole movie, but I've watched it enough where I can quote like okay, so there's like two levels of quotability, right? Or I guess there's three levels. You've achieved the third level, which is grandmaster quotability <laughs> for clueless, right? There the first level is when you quote all like the famous quotes, right? All the quotes that, like, everyone knows. The second level is when you quote, like, really weird things. Like, parts that are, like, just, like, the way someone says something. Or, like, you know, an an offshoot comment. Or, like, a piece of dialogue that is super specific to the movie. Or, like, whatever. Like, that's, like, the second level. I have that second level with a lot of movies. And Back to the Future is, like, one of them. So, like, even the way they say each other's name sometimes like there's this one part where like doc brown is um 
like trying to explain something to Marty, and he'll just be like Marty, you know, <laughs> just like the so all these like little things. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I can quote a like a good chunk of the movie. Like I said, when my friends like texted me like random quotes, I was able to reply back like immediately. I knew exactly what they were, what they were talking about. And this movie has, um, a lot of great quotes, and it's really like exclusive to Doc Brown's character. Like right. the guy Christopher Lloyd plays, like everyone else has, like you know maybe some stuff. Other people will have like more famous lines, like arguably or lines that are like just as famous. But Doc Brown, like every line from him is like gold. He's like he has like the Midas touch in this movie. Like everything is he. He, he really so, reminds me of Will Ferrell at old school. Yeah. Like in terms of like that that hit rate, you know. Yeah. Um, I have this on my list to rewatch because it's been a very long time since I watched it and I don't remember a ton of it because as we talked about, I don't remember a lot of things. Um, but now you're getting me very excited. So I will watch this this weekend. Yeah, it's really good. Um, can we go on to, um, I want to move to tempo here. Okay. And I feel like tempo is really relevant for clueless and back to the future because um there's a briskness there's a yeah there's like a there's like a a pace to both the movies that i think are very similar like how how long is clueless clueless is like an hour and a half which i think is just sort of my very sweet spot for Mm -hmm. movies like i do not really um I I think more and more now, like the norm is two hours. Um, mm-hmm. But when I see that a movie is 90 minutes and I can be in and out of a theater in 90 minutes, like that is something that I will definitely do over like, you know, seeing the two hours and 15 minutes or whatever it is. Um, yeah, and it yeah. moves, it uses every single of those minutes like wisely and proficiently and it moves along. I remember Back to the Future being a little bit longer than that. It is. It's like 20 minutes longer. So yeah, you're right. Uh, Clueless is 97 minutes. Back to the Future is 116 minutes. But, okay. but, and I agree with everything you've said, right? Anytime a movie approaches two minutes, I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? Two hours. But I, yeah, but I will say, for whatever reason, Back to the Future moves. Like there's no, I feel like there is no wasted second in this. There's either. so and much that's what plot. I, yeah, there's so much plot. And I feel like, even though it's like a comedy, right? It's not like a, it's not like a drama. You know, it's like a comedy. It um, respects the audience enough to be like, okay, we can't like just like cut corners. We can't just be like, oh, this is just the way it is. I mean, it does a little bit with the flux capacitor, you know. But in terms of like the story, you know, it doesn't really cut any corners, and that's part of that to me is like why it's perfect because it balances that tension between like pace and you know tempo and being brisk but also being like we're not going to cut any corners you know and I think that's why I kind of give it uh some leniency because when you're dealing with time travel and like uh you know we're gonna like fix like a fixer up and like you're on an adventure like I allow for that I I really there's like no minute where I would be like, oh, yeah, we didn't need that, you know? Like, everything about it is, like, pitch perfect to me. 
especially when it comes to, to tempo and pace. I feel like if the movie was made today, they would have made it longer. Do you agree? Oh, oh yeah. I, you know, Jen, that's like a really good point. It's like, that's how you know it's like the, that's how you know it's like uh, as, as short as it could be because you're right. If they made it today, it would be like there'd be a, a five or 10 minute thing about like how the flux capacitor works, like how, why it needs to be 88 miles per hour, like why this and why that. And it's like, but when you watch it, it's so entertaining. You like, don't even ask that question. You yeah. know, you just accept it. Well, thank goodness the 80s was a time, <laughs> the 90s was a time where people were very like efficient with their movie making. Um, <laughs> I, I think the movie Clueless also goes by pretty quickly. Um, I think you get introduced to a lot of characters, like in the first like um, quarter of the film. Um, but I also think it's because like I, I'm I might be misspeaking here, but you know obviously it's based on a Jane Austen novel, and I feel like Emma is one of her more like brisker novels and again like I probably am mixing it up with other other things that I've read from her um but I think that the pacing is like totally spot on and I think that it just gives you enough taste of all of these characters to set this world building like even the beginning of the movie um it's shot to it's shot it's a shot of like the high school and you like in the first five minutes you see who Cher and her best friend Dion is, but at simultaneously you see like all of the students in the high school that they go to and just the different, different kids and how, how she interacts with like all of these like different, um, different types of the kids around her. And it like solidifies within a very short amount of time. And I think it's set to the kids in America, which is a song that's like instantly iconic because of the, of the um, beginning scene of the movie, like, within the span of that song, like you've already set up this world and like, and then it flies from there. So um, again, if you have an hour and a half to kill, which, you know, face it, like, let's face it, like all of us do at this point, um, either of our movies, I feel like are like, oh, like it, for goes sure. by. it goes by. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I want to move on to another category. Um, and this is one where, for Back to the Future, I scored it actually pretty low, right? So rewatchability, I had a 10. Um, tempo, I had like a 9, because the only reason I didn't give it a 10 is because it is 117 minutes long. Um, suspension of disbelief, I gave it a 5. And I, and I feel like Clueless will probably be a lot higher. Um, and the reason you I gave back to I, I am kind of surprised by that because just fundamentally – like back to the future's premise is like you have to suspend so much disbelief because like yes it but, is what okay great. so before we just to give people like a look behind the curtain right it's like you and i were debating whether or not suspension of disbelief is the same thing as plot holes yeah and, and you for plot, that plot hole yeah plot holes i give it a nine like, because I don't care about the flux capacitor in the DeLorean. Like, it does a good enough job of, like, selling me on the logic. The suspension of disbelief is more th- like, okay, here's my only, like, nitpick, right? Which is that Marty McFly has, um, has like, this, uh, has a girlfriend. And he, you see him in the movie. He's clearly, like, he's in a band. 
He's charismatic. Um, he's played by Michael J. Fox, who is coming off like family ties, right? Um, mm-hmm. And he's like clearly a star of the making. He's, I mean, did you know that? Um, is it Eric Holtz? Someone was Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz was cast as Marty McFly. They shot half the movie with him, and they That's were like, a lot. "Yeah, yeah." So you could see it's on YouTube. I think you can watch like half of the movie with him playing Marty, right? And then they're like, "This isn't working." They get Marty. They get um, Michael J. Fox in, and they're like, "Okay, great." And it's one of the few times I've heard where like Eric Stoltz is like, "Oh yeah, that was the right call." When he saw the movie. Right. And he's been he's been very gracious, like incredibly gracious about it. Right. And so um, and I think part of it is probably because he got paid for it anyway. But yeah. like Michael J. Fox kills it. And you you think to yourself, like, I want to be this guy's friend. This guy is awesome. You know, how how is his only friend this eight, 70 year old scientist? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I get it when it comes to Karate Kid, because, you know, like, um, Daniel is supposed to be a loser. But Marty is not supposed to be a loser, I think. Like, there's no, like, his dad is a loser, right? And his family are, like, losers in that, like, when he comes back from the past, when he goes back to the future, everyone's, like, life is better. They're, like, cooler. They're more successful. But he himself is not a loser. He's got a girlfriend. He's, you know what I mean? He... Um, is in a band like he's he's not a loser per yeah, se. Yeah, he looks pretty cool to me. Like the yeah. best skateboard. Yeah, he skateboards exactly. But like his only friend is this doc who like his fam and like it's not like a secret. Like his girlfriend knows about it. His family knows about it, and it's just like except that's the part that I can't get over. And I'm not saying I don't like Doc Brown. I love him, but right. every time I watch it, I that that it that gets to me (laughs) just like and every time i watch it it gets to me more and more actually so i i have it scored as like a five and that's by far the lowest score for any of the categories but that's just where i'm at with with back to the future what what about you i'd love to hear the suspension of disbelief score for you for clueless Um, yeah i mean i didn't spend a ton of time on this actually but um I don't have it scored very high. Like, I don't actually think that, like, you have oh, really? to, to spend a lot of belief to watch this. And I don't think many of the characters do things that are totally out of the realm for, like, high school students or whatnot. Um, my only suspension of disbelief or belief is um, is that, like, some of the characters are older than others, and you can kind of tell. So, like, mm. I think Alicia Silverstone was actually, like, 19. So, great, she's a teenager. And I believe Brittany Murphy, the great late Brittany Murphy, was actually, like, 18. Um, mm. But, like, Stacey Dash, who has made very problematic... Uh, oh, oh, yes. Very problematic lately. Um, she was literally, like, 10 years older than Alicia Silverstone. Um, Paul Rudd, who, in fairness, does play, like, her older stepbrother. Shares older college, like, going stepbrother. Mm-hmm. Still 26. So, and again, we all know Paul Rudd doesn't age. And he looks exactly the same now as he did back then. So it doesn't even matter. <laughs> but... but 
this is not this is definitely not like your cast of literal teenagers like they are fully grown adults um and so sometimes when you watch it like you kind of have to just like get over that because obviously like it's a thing um but other than that like I mean again the movie is based on the original text by Jane Austen so Amy Heckerling while she added modern touches to the story like the basis of the story remains the same um but you know for someone like Cher Horowitz who is this lovely rich beautiful girl who everybody wants to be um for her to just kind of like look at this loser girl that started um and like decide that she wants like she wants to make her her pet project and make her like this beautiful like I don't necessarily know that that tracks like I don't necessarily think that that's something that would actually happen in real life but like other than that like I really don't have a ton of um like issues with the film and the, the general character's like arc yeah yeah no I hear you I hear you um what is your take on like uh, let me frame it another way do you think clueless is diverse yes i it is right i would i would 100 percent agree it's diverse in the sense that um so i i think i recently realized this because when i was watching it like I wasn't, I was so absorbed by like the actors and just um, the stories and like the characters that I come to love that I didn't really realize what I was watching. But like, there are two main characters in the movie that are black. It's Dion and her boyfriend, who's um, played by um, Donald Faison of Scrubs, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and Dion is hilarious, and Dion is a foil for Cher and. She's smart and she she sort of is everything that like is everything that like supports that friendship and it's not I mean it's it's a it's a supporting role like obviously the movie is about Cher but um she's she's a big central character and her relationship with her boyfriend is also like a big central like storyline um there's also um one Asian girl <laughs> who um I've seen around like in bit parts and recently she was on an episode of um Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I was so happy to see her obviously she's much older now but um the fact that she plays one of the more popular girls and again like it's a bit part and like she's in the movie she's not like a crazy like she doesn't have like a ton of speaking lines but she's visible and she's there and she's not playing some nerd like she's literally like part of like Cher's crew and that's like awesome the other thing the one other thing that I wanted to mention is um there's a B storyline that involves someone who's gay and oh yes and the thing is the thing that's so beautiful about that is you know his sexuality is not his like only defining character as as sometimes it can be in these types of movies. Um, in fact, like the main character falls for him, not even knowing his sexuality. So like, right. it's just, it's one of those things where it's so diverse and so interesting, but it's never like this, like after school special type of thing. It's, it's just, it is what it is. And it's just part of their world and it feels really organic. And, you know, for something that 
came out like 22 years ago, I think that's really, um, that's like kind of mind blowing. So yes, I would, I would say yes. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Um, why don't we move on to, uh, to music? Is that cool with you? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I feel like, you know, back to the future, I, I had the, the music scored as a 10 actually. Okay. And I think in terms of its rewatchability, and, and here's my case for it, right? Here's my case for it. The soundtrack is great. Like, the the score is great, I mean, you know? Just like the theme is great. But uh, I don't know anyone. So, like, the only scene that I've heard, like, this the scene where he plays the guitar, where he plays Johnny B. Good, right? At the um, Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the only scene apparently that was like up for discussion in terms of whether they should include it or not. And when they did test screens, screenings, um, like people love that scene and it is a perfect scene. Like it actually serves no purpose. It serves zero purpose. But yeah, um, it's so good. It's so it, it just it's so charming, you know, um, and like. I still will watch that scene on like YouTube and I still like I have that song like on whether it's like Spotify or like my phone or like I always I like hearing that song because it's so good so like I feel like it does a really good job of having because you know there's some movies that you could say like oh the music is so good like Days and Confused right it's got a great soundtrack right, right. yeah you know but Back to the Future has and I feel like this doesn't happen really often where it has like good like music, like songs in it that is not that didn't originate from the movie, but it's also got a great score. And part of that is like really important because I feel like a movie can be good or even great without like a good score. Like that's that a hundred percent like that's true. But um the score Back to the Future has this thing where, like, the the theme song, that score, only elevates the material. And when you have that, you don't really notice it. But when you don't have it, it's, like, glaringly obvious, I feel like. And so I, I think Back to the Future, like, the music is so good because it's got that incredible score. But it also has, like, the Johnny B. Good song, like, built into, like, a scene. And so I, I, I find it to be part, like part of that elevates it to um to a place where it's like oh th- this is a perfect movie even like the even like my ears are appreciating this movie you know what i'm saying yeah you can listen to the movie yeah yeah exactly exactly i don't remember the it's been a while since i've seen clueless what 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 is the music like in clueless um i don't remember the score I don't know that it's scored um with like you know like an actual like cinematic score but there's a couple of like really stand out tracks from um from the soundtrack and there's a lot of like music music plays a big part in I feel like some of the scenes in the movie so there's like um tie with her like Julio's rolling with the homies and they're like the scene where they're at the party um you know one of my favorite 
introductions to like Celine Dion is like her like all by myself song being played while like Cher's wandering around like empty streets and then realizing she like is in love with her stepbrother Josh. So there's a lot of like songs that sort of match the um match the scenes that I can envision. Um so and I don't necessarily think that they're like their scores. I think like they they were very deliberately chosen songs. But like to me like the soundtrack is very like 70s 80s 90s but it's very it's like almost like a time capsule of that period um i believe like radio has on the track too um and it's just i don't know like i don't have a ton to say about that either but um it just it it totally just makes the movie so much more fun and i think it's also because like there's a lot of like scenes like there's like party scenes or just like kids like hanging out and like what do kids do when they hang out they're listening to music so it's it's a lot of like the songs that era and so um again going back to like like clueless sort of feeling like a time machine or time capsule like the soundtrack definitely encapsulates like all of those all of that feeling yeah no for sure for sure that makes that makes a total a total bunch of sense um i feel like because it's been so long since I've seen Clueless, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Like, in terms of like Back to the Future, like part of what makes this makes it so perfect is like anyone could watch it, right? Like you could literally be elderly or you could be like a child. There, it's like so. It's not. I came up with this like terminology. It's not like a. I didn't make up the word, but I'm using it in in reference to a movie. It's child proof. Like it's not mm-hmm. child friendly. It's not a children's movie, but it's child proof, right? Where it's like they ha- have some like mild like cuss words in it, you know. Um, they like allude to um, they're like, oh, you know, like of course I've parked in a car before. Like, haven't you parked in a car? You know, like they allude to things, but um, for the most part, it's child proof, right? And I think part of like a perfect movie um, is like how. Like, how friendly is it to like family friendly like, is anyone? It? Family friendly, you know? Um, yeah. But it's not, I wouldn't necessarily call it a family movie, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think part of that is like the ability to, um, like the ability to kind of draw in people of all ages, right? Where it's not just like, oh, this person could watch it. It's like, it's got, it's kind of like The Simpsons where it's like, it's got something for everyone. And I think part of that is like you don't need that to be a perfect movie but i think that's a thing that like back to the future has going for it is that it's got something for everyone you know and i'm curious your thoughts on like clueless in that in that respect probably not something for everyone Or, or maybe you think it does um i mean to be honest like i think like high school movies does have something for everybody everyone except for maybe like some of the more raunchier ones that I would probably not feel comfortable watching with my kids without having some serious talks either before or after um and there are parts of Clueless where like there's a whole you know the the guy that Cher thinks that she's in love with um like her whole plot is to lose her virginity to him so there's like a huge plot line about that um yeah and so you know I mean I think that opens it up for you to discuss with your with your kids or children or young impressionable uh, people about what all of that means and I think it might be a nice way to explore some of those like 
conversations that you maybe should be having with your kids anyway. So in that sense, yes. Um, But I also just think, you know, I don't want people to like people who've never watched it before. I don't want people to write off this movie because they like see it and think it's like either a rom-com or it's for like women. I think it's, hilarious i think it's a really really funny sharp witty film that moves really quickly and um and you know just like back to the future with a very questionable plot line uh involving like marty and like his like (laughs) mom um if there's one thing that people are are kind of icked out about and again if this is a spoiler for you it's not it shouldn't be because like honestly these both of these movies have been out since like the 80s and 90s but um you know she like she ends up really liking her stepbrother and again like not her real brother and you know they make it very clear in the movie that her dad was married to like um her stepbrother's mom for a very short time but uh but nonetheless there is that familial um dynamic that and then people get sort of like weirded out by it so um I don't really remember where I was going with all of this but but I I mean I do think that I do think that it's really um I don't know I just think that there's something in it for for everybody especially if you're not looking for something super serious you know like if you're looking for Roma go watch Roma like (laughs) Go watch a black and white three-hour foreign movie. This is not right. it. Yeah, agreed. No, totally agreed. Totally agreed. Um, okay. Uh, that's kind of like all I had for. Well, can Back I ask you about um, just the cultural effect it the movie has had, like on pop culture and just like you know, um, just the lasting. I mean, it's it's obviously like a movie that came out 30 years ago and there's plenty of movies that were released in the 80s that you and I will never talk about or you will never like lovingly talk about um so what is it about like I mean like what other effects has it had on culture um if that's a really heavy question like I can go first and you can kind of think about your answer yeah no I mean I I I have something here where um I think it's like two parts for me where um the one that I get to talk about, like, much simpler is, like, the, the chemistry between Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd is mm-hmm. so magnetic mm-hmm. that even, like, it's only on the 50th time you watch it, you're like, wait, why are these guys best friends? Because the first time you watch it, you're like, of course they're best friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, the chemistry is so, uh, it's, like, so innocent, you know, and it's so, like, friendly that you just want to be like part of their friend group, you know, right. even though it's like a seven year old man and someone who's, I guess, supposed to be like 16, 17. Um, the other what thing is, is like. the actual age difference between those two? Like, is Christopher like in real life? that old? Yeah, is he that much oh, older? I, no. I, I actually don't think he's that much older. Okay. Um, I mean, I think he's quite a bit, I think he's a few decades older, but not like 60 years older, you know? Um, and the other thing is, you know, funny enough for a movie about um, time travel it is quite timeless yeah. you know and I think part of that people really like resonate with like I every time not every time not that I've been a ton of times but like when I go to like comic-con for example right um when there's like an element of like seeing someone dress up and you're like wow that is like a lot of efforts you have to invest a lot of time 
and not only do you have to invest a lot of time, but you have to like really go for broke. Like I, it's like, I respect your commitment to like cosplaying and to dressing up as a character. But when someone dresses up as Marty McFly, and maybe it's not even for comic, maybe it's like for Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. When someone or dresses maybe up it's as just like your Marty, everyday outfit. Yeah. It, when someone, but when someone is like trying to be Marty McFly, like it's always like, damn, I wish I had thought of that. You know, like a lot of times. Outfit, Steve. I know, I know, but it, it, but I always like forget, you know. But it's like when someone dresses up as Marty McFly, there's an element of like, oh man, like that is so cool, you know. And there's a coolness factor, not in like obviously like the way like James Dean is cool, right? I don't mean like that, but there's an element of like. I, I really do think part of, like, I, I talk about the chemistry, I talk about the timelessness, but it really it's Michael J. Fox's performance yeah, that, like, drags this movie. Factor, um, associated with the movie, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. You know? And so, like, that's why it's still so relevant. Or not, maybe not relevant, but that that's why, like, you could say 16 Candles or, like, Breakfast Club. Maybe not so much Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club, I feel like, because of the dynamics and like the characters in the movie like carry forward but like you know some some other 80s movies where um you you could say it and people won't really not everyone will know it but like i feel like everyone even if they haven't watched back to the future they they know about back to the, like, even the car the delorean you mm-hmm. know what i mean like people who are not car people will be like i know that car you know the the lamborghini doors or not maybe that's the you know the doors that open that way you know there is, is there's a, there's a coolness in these little things about the movie that everyone just just enjoyed and that's why like it's still culturally like relevant especially in like kind of like a like geek culture you know yeah yeah, yeah. um would you say that every movie that plays with the concept of like time travel is just trying to be a like the best version of Back to the Future. Like no, that standard of like this is the best movie about time travel that you can ever like see no. or watch. I mean, I think I think some, but not every. No, definitely not. Definitely not. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't. I think. No one's trying to compete with Back to the Future. I think most people have like this, not, not like a reverence for, but well, like, no, that's not what I mean. Yeah, I don't mean like a competition. Like I've got to be better than Back to the Future, but Back to the Future is that standard, and I have to at least meet that standard. I, I think when it's a comedy, like Hot Tub Time Machine, for example. Yeah. Yes. But when it's like, what's that Rachel McAdams like about? I don't know. about time. Yeah. You know, uh, like that's not, you know, I, I think if it's a comedy, then yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a little bit of that for sure. I well, think. I think every high school comedy movie is trying to best Clueless. So I feel like Clueless <laughs> has like set the standard for, um, for high school movies. Um, and like the ringer.com did a feature on like the best high school movies of all time. And I think they also agreed that Clueless was the best one. So I, huh? I said, Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, I mean, I feel that way about my movie, which is why I'm (laughs) talking to you about your movie. That's good. That's good. Well, why don't you speak a little bit about, um, Um, about like the cultural 
impact of like Clueless. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, um, an, like uh, aside from like introducing the world to some stars who have gone to become like very famous. So like obviously Alicia Silverstone. Like you know, I think her post Clueless career has been, or like her career as of late has been maybe like a little bit spotty. But I also think it's what happens when you like get married and have children, and you know, like Hollywood isn't always like you know, uh, kind to that kind of stuff. Um. But, like, obviously, Paul Rudd is, like, now, like, has had such a varied career since he was in this movie. But he really shot into this, like, stratosphere because of this movie. Um, You know, I don't know if you have any feelings about Brittany Murphy. But um, she was really great in this. And, like, her very short career um, really, like, like, started with this role and you know after this movie she went on to go make like lots of different things that like sort of played on these like innocent sweet characters like the one that she played in um in Clueless but I will forever be grateful to Clueless for introducing us to uh Brittany Murphy who I really um liked um but you know I think the biggest thing for me is just the um the retooling of Jane Austen for a new generation and I you know like when I was studying Emma in high school I was so much more able to get into that text because like I had all these like character references and frame the framework from like the movie version and I know that sounds horrific but I think it does help like you know like it's much like 10 things I hate about you and like Shakespeare or like just some of the other things that have been made that really reframes and introduces audiences to classical literature and classical texts that can be a little bit harder to get into. So, um, so that's, you know, I mean, that's great, but like, you know, like when you see like plaid skirts and knee high socks and platforms, <laughs> like they're all like instantly iconic and like can be like, um, pointed back to the fashion of Clueless. And I just, I really just think that it's like burrowed itself into culture. And um, I'm trying to think like recently, um, I don't know, I guess this is not very recent because I feel like her career is not, like her career is pretty over, but Iggy Azalea, when she was pretty hot for a minute, like her entire music video was a was just the redoing of Clueless, you know. Um, so it it still reverberates in society, and um, and like every Halloween, I I always see like Clueless inspired costumes and stuff. So, um, I think that um, it just has stood this test of time and it makes its way into, into culture even today. And I'm really, really happy for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's so crazy to think like all of the actors who played these characters, like they're now in their forties and fifties, you know, like it's so insane. I I have a question. Yeah. Did you watch the TV show? Yeah. It was like a TV show that was on for like three seasons and like, you know, as much as I love certain things, some things are just better left, you know, untouched. And I don't know if you feel that way about the sequels to Back to the Future. Actually, that's a really good question that I legitimately want to hear the answers to. But um, but so much of the magic in Clueless, the movie, is, is the original cast. And it's also, you know, just the original plot line. And to extend that beyond beyond what was 
like within Austin's text and then also like to recast like all of these characters like it just didn't like quite work but like did I watch every all of the episodes yes did I love it probably not um (laughs) but yeah like it just I think it's hard it's sometimes it's just really hard to capture the magic of something that like was so like magic and lightning in a bottle um Tell me about the sequels for Back to the Future. Like, do they have the same characters? The only difference is in from Back to the Future one to Back to the Future uh, two, they replaced the girlfriend with Elizabeth Shue. That's ah. the only difference. Yeah. Okay. Um, but no, it doesn't feel like there. It doesn't feel like a cash grab. It. I mean, the sequels aren't nearly as good as the original, but it's got all the charm and because you have both Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd, the chemistry is still, you know, great. Um, it's not, yeah, it's not as good, but it, they're, they're fine. Like you could, you could tell me that they're like, you could tell me you like them better. You could also tell me you think they're not good movies and both have some merit to them for sure. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah uh should we move do you have anything else you want to talk about for clueless no i think i've talked a lot about how much i love this movie so no i'm good okay um let's go on to our next uh next topic which is our assignments for each other so i'll explain what that is to to our listeners so um what we're going to be doing for next time is and this is the first time we're revealing it to each other right which is We have each chosen a movie that the other person has to watch, right? Yeah. And we're assuming we tried to choose things that like, so like I didn't say like Back to the Future for for Jen. She say clues for me because like we, even in like our conversations, we just like we know that we've watched that movie before, right? And it's okay if it's like a movie that I've seen like a long, long time ago. Like, we'll see. Like, that doesn't disqualify a movie. But, you know, we try not to. And so do you want to tell me what I'm going to watch first or you want me to tell you what you're going to watch first? Uh, yeah. Why don't I Why don't I tell you? And then also I have two movies. So if you actually watched and remember quite well the first one, then I'm going to move on to the second okay. one. Okay. Okay. Does that work? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that works. So my movie is now on Hulu, which is why I asked you if you had Hulu. And I will soon set you up with Um. I love my Hulu account. Hulu has been killing it, so I'm totally buying stock on it. Um, um, but it is Bong Joon-ho's The Host. Have you watched it? I have watched The Host. Okay. I'm going to move on quickly to my <laughs> second movie. <laughs> How anticlimactic. I am re-watching The Host this weekend, so um, I was going to rewatch it regardless but um so as much as i've talked about this movie on this podcast like i'm not sure if you've watched it so if you have watched it i guess i have a third one but then it's gonna be very anticlimactic and now i feel <laughs> kind of just told each other what we should be watching no, no, but, I like um, have you watched um did i make you watch book smart no no okay is that also Thanks. on hulu yeah it's also on hulu it was one of my favorite movies last year, as you know. Um, I think it was in my top three. Uh, yeah, I think it was in my top three. I don't think I made Knives Out my top three. I think I like swapped it out with this one. But I can go back and re-listen and then kick myself because maybe that's not true. But um, it's Olivia Wilde's, um, again, everyone take a shot. It's a coming-of-age comedy film. Um, 
but uh, it's her directorial debut, and um, a lot of people have compared it to a female super bad, which I think it does huh. kind of does the movie injustice because like I don't actually think that's true and then I feel like your expectations are sort of set in one way so I don't want you to go into it thinking that but it's a very fun movie um and it is um 105 minutes so a little bit you know longer than Clueless but um I think you would like it it's hilarious and um you know it's about high school kids but what are you gonna do like that's my thing that's my shtick um (laughs) So, haunt, it's on Hulu, so I want you to watch it. Okay, great, 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 great. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, just you have to let me explain, okay? I'm going to tell you the movie first, and then, you, and then I'm going to have to explain. So don't react when I tell you the movie. Re- react after I'm done explaining, okay? Okay. You're going to watch on Netflix uh-huh. <clears throat> uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the live action, the very first one. Have you seen it? I when was it released? Let me look it up. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. It doesn't uh, matter. I remember it, but yeah. Nineteen ninety. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I watched it, but literally don't remember anything. So I will watch it. Okay. <clears throat> the reason <laughs> I need you to watch this, right, okay. is because, like, like it's not like a ha ha. You have to watch this, right? It's like. I'm, like, pretty convinced that this is actually a good movie. Okay. Right? But I can't tell if it's, like, nostalgia. I can't tell if it's, like, the source material that I love that is, like, blinding me. So, you're like, you're literally – I need another set of eyes to watch this and be like, you know, Steve, like, like, ideally, my ideal reaction from you would be like, you know, not for me, didn't love it, but it was not, like, a bad movie. You know, like that. I just I so I'm really curious what you think of the movie, because like I'm convinced it's legitimately good movie. It, it like moves me like there okay. there are parts of it that get me really emotional, you know, and so I'm like really curious as to what you think of it. I am positive I watched this when it came out. And I am excited to revisit it because I do love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Do you? Um, uh-huh. I mean, I grew up with them. So, yeah. So, I will I will watch this and either wholeheartedly agree with you or maybe <laughs> be like, I don't know, Steve. Have you what re- re-watched it recently? Um, I'm trying to think the last time I watched it. I don't remember the last time I watched it. But okay. it, wasn't, it wasn't like years ago. You know what I'm saying? It was okay. like, it was like not, it, it wasn't more than five years ago. Okay. Yeah. So I'm trying to see if I can find what the critical response was. Yeah, see, it. this is like the Rotten Tomatoes is like 40%, but I, I'm convinced that it it's not that bad. I'm just convinced. I'm convinced it's like good. But I need someone to – okay, so like – I mean, Steve, I gave you a freaking movie that has 97% Rotten Tomatoes, but you're going to give me a 40? Listen, here was Robert Roger Ebert's review. The film is nowhere near as bad as, as, bad as it might have been. Well, then, sold. <laughs> and probably is the best possible Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. I so, mean, at that point, how many had been out? 
No, I mean, he's saying it's the best possible version of itself. Okay, fine. It's the first one. Okay. So, so take, take, take it and do what, what you will. I mean, I will watch it. Okay, perfect. Um, should we, should we go into our obsessions of the episode? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'll, I'll do mine really quickly. Um, because we've had this time like for, for COVID, um, because I have like some more spare time in my hands. I've been catching up on comic books. I don't know if I, I mentioned that to you and, um, you might've mentioned it because I asked you about Marvel comics. Over. So my obsession with the episode is not like comics. It's specifically, um, like X-Men comics. Mm-hmm. And the reason, uh, is because, you know, I'm still keeping up with like MCU news. You yeah. know, and I know we Me have too. like Eternals coming out and stuff. And um, a lot of the stuff that I'm reading is like people are like obsessing and trying to figure out like how will they incorporate the X-Men back into like the MCU. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been catching up because Marvel does a really good job of like using recent comic book history to tell like origins or to bring people characters into the larger you know, shared universe, and then going backwards to tell, like, classic stories, you know? Um, and so X-Men have, have always been my favorite, like, Marvel property, like, always. Yeah. Yeah, like, by far, not even close. Um, and so I'm very excited. Like, I'm using this time to, like, catch up on X-Men comics to, like, whet my appetite for the X-Men introduction into, like, the Marvel universe. Where do you read your comics? Like, is it um, like an app or I like will, you have comic books? I will tell that to you offline because I use, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you offline. I'll okay. tell you offline because I, I think I, I, I just use a website. I use okay. a website. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's, your, what's your obsession of the episode? Um, I hope I didn't talk about this in the last two weeks or last two episodes that we've talked, but, um, I'm kind of really into this, um, animated series called We Bear Bears. I don't know if you have ever heard of it. No. So, um, yeah, it's called We Bear Bears, B-A-R-E, and then bears like the animals, Uh but it's about three bear siblings um, and their awkward attempts at like integrating with the human world. And it's set in San Francisco and it's very, very funny. And every episode is like 11 minutes long. So it's a cartoon network series. Um, It's been on since I think 2016, maybe. Um, And kind of, this is how this is why I spend so much money on streaming stuff because <laughs> the first two seasons is on Hulu, but the last two seasons are on Netflix. So mm. like it's sort of weird and I think it's like a syndicated like I don't know, I think it's just like it has something to do with rights and stuff, obviously. But um, you know, so I I have both of those platforms so I can you know, when I'm done finally with like the first two seasons, then I can move on over to Netflix. Um, but essentially, like, it's really funny. Like the three brothers are very, very different characters and they're like humans. They talk like humans. 
they live sort of like on the outskirts of San Francisco, but then like sometimes they'll go into the city and they do all these things. Like, you know, they're always surfing the internet. Like they're like millennials. They're literally like millennials. Um, And what, like what kind of confuses me sometimes is like, sometimes like humans get scared of them, but then sometimes they're like treated like humans. So like that part, I'm trying to like still like figure out like, wait, I don't get it. Like, are they pariahs in society or not? But they're, they're not. Um, but it's like super cute. And like the creator is like this Korean guy. And so there's one episode where they actually, they like friend this like character who's Korean and they go over to um, her house and meet her parents and her parents speak to them in Korean. It's like just so like, I don't know. It was just very, very cute um but it's like such a nice like like way to like I like try to do like an episode like one episode a day and it's literally 10 minutes so like it's between like other stuff I'm watching or whatnot and it's just like I don't know Steve like it's lighthearted and like nothing's like super serious about it and I'm really into it and apparently there's going to be a movie so I'm really really excited about the movie but um it's times like this where I wish I was still working at Cartoon Network which was my first job out of college because there would be such cute swag that I don't have access to <laughs> um but yeah that's my that's my obsession we bear bears we bear bears got it got it okay um so with that uh, remember to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That would mean a lot to us. Uh, feel free to check out um, Clueless on, you know, I think it's on a bunch of like the pay, like you can rent it like on iTunes, you can rent it on Amazon, you can rent it on Apple TV. Because um, it it's the perfect movie. Exactly. You can uh, watch Back to the Future on Netflix. I think the whole trilogy is on Netflix. Which I will um, do this weekend. And then uh, we'll be back next time uh and we'll talk about our experience watching book smart and teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs> yeah um so until next time guys stay safe remember to practice social distancing uh jen you want to say bye bye everyone stay safe